Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. Today we'll be talking about German whiskey and the tour that we made at the Stork Distillery uh, last weekend. Well, technically it is the Spreewood Distillery that, oh, true. that makes Stork. The Spreewood Distillery that makes Stork, the tour that we went on last weekend. Okay, let's talk about German whiskey. Let's do it. And welcome back. I believe we're episode 29. 29, almost to the 30, which we talked about, you know, last time. But now we're actually, we're, we're a lot closer now. Oh, okay. We're real close. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with a few uh, quick shout outs. We've received two new five-star reviews. Ooh, thank you guys. Uh, one from Momster of One. I love the name. I, great name. Yeah. Great five-star review in which she said, the podcast continues to get better and better. And that's just very sweet. Thank you very much. That is super sweet. I mean... I hope it's getting better. We're working hard on it. Yeah, I'm glad at least one person thinks it's, yeah, exactly. it's getting so, better. Momster, love you. Thank you. Uh, another one is by the Hokieba. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to say it. The Hokieba, who also gave us a, uh, a nice uh, five-star review. So thank you for them. And um, a thank you to Jacob or Jakob, depending on where you're from. On Instagram, uh, he used to live in Darmstadt when he was in his uh, teens, I believe. Mm. Uh, you know, like living with a host family there. And loved it so much that over the years, he's returned to Germany a few times. And now he's actually planning his permanent move from the States to Germany. And he says that our podcast is helping him make the move. So thank you very much. Yeah, that's super nice. Uh, Jacob, I'm assuming it's Jacob, assuming he's American. If he's from the States, yeah. I yeah. just wanted to cover all the bases, you know. Uh, yeah, Jacob, good luck on your move. We hope that, um, that we've been helpful. This episode might not be as helpful, but uh, I'm sure the other ones were. Well, if he likes whiskey, it's going to be very helpful. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But it's not going to help with the move. Uh, not necessarily, no. No. No, it won't necessarily help him get his visa or anything. Like I don't that. think it will. No. I mean, unless the visa people are big whiskey fans. No. <laughs> okay. So yeah, anyways, how, how, how are things? How are you doing? It's Wednesday. We're back. How's it going? I'm good. Actually, speaking of visas, uh, I did my visa renewal early in the morn yesterday at Ooh. 7.40. And how'd uh, it go? Well, I didn't get the visa I wanted. I, I, want, I was, wanted to get the permanent residency. I uh, didn't get that, but I just got another extension of my normal visa, which, which just so everyone knows that the visa I have versus the permanent permanent residency... There literally is no difference in what you're allowed to do. The only right. difference is you have to go back. A permanent residency is permanent, and you never have to see the Ausländerbehörde, the the immigration office, ever again. Whereas this, you have to go back every three years. Oh, okay. Why did it not give you the permanent one? A few reasons. Uh, like one of the documents they required was a letter from a Steuerberater, which is like a, a tax a tax person. official. Yeah. Which during these <clears throat> times, I, I messaged about twenty five of them. Not one would give me a. Uh, okay. Appointments couldn't get an appointment, so I brought as many other supporting documents as I could. Uh, wasn't quite enough, um, you know. And also, as a as a freelancer, uh, you don't pay as much into the uh, the social security system. I was just underneath the threshold of how much you need to pay in order to get permanent residency. So. Uh, okay, yeah, I was going to ask about that because I'm going to try to get my permanent residency in December. Oh. But um, I guess it's different if you're a freelancer versus full time. I don't have to go to store brats. I don't think I have to do these things. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think so. Um, but technically, my visa doesn't list me as a freelancer anymore. I just list, oh. it says I can do f any kind of work basically. Like but, I, I can yeah. do freelancer or I can be do full time work. You know, that's what mine says too. Now my mine used to say like I can only work at a kindergarten. Now mine says I can do you know whatever I want. Exactly. That's so I probably have the same visa that you do. I can be a spaceman. Oh, if I wanted to. It's limited uh, occupancy, though. Right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I also never took physics, so I probably would not be very good in that. Yeah, but you know, but uh, it was a very again. I've been here nine years. It's still very stressful going for these visa appointments. Always, um, always. You never. It's something you never get used to. No, no, no. I was yeah. God. I was just nervous as hell. But I, some recommendations, uh, which might apply to people in in other large cities as well, really show up early. You know, these buildings are quite large and it might take you 10 minutes from the street to just find which specific waiting room you have to be in. True. That sort of thing. And because of Corona, now it's even more waiting because they're, you know, testing, you know, they're testing temperatures of everybody going in. Oh, are they? And there's a long line and everything. So oh I gosh. would say get even, you know, just give yourself ample amount of time, really prepare your documents, be organized, itemized folder, everything labeled, you know, that way it's quick and easy and she can find everything. And, you know, and, you know, we had mentioned in the, I think a few times in the past six months, the Ausländerbehörde has been trying to change its 
or the perception people have of it. Yeah, you know? right. Because it, uh, it has an awful and reputation. In, in fact, they've changed their name to you know, and they're and they've they're saying, oh, we're going to teach our staff to be friendly, and you know, and and, bef- and before <laughs> and before even if you'd only been in Berlin or sorry Germany for a week, they were still not allowed to speak English with right. you, even though they can speak English. That sort of thing. The first sign I saw of something changed is. In the nine years I've lived here, I think I've gone to this office five or six times. Makes sense. And they've never once spoken English to me. And mm. when I walked in before I even opened my mouth, their first thing was, please sit down, give me your documents, said in English. Wow. And it was so jarring that I... Froze. I, yeah, I was not expecting that at all. And you could tell she was saying it out of like duress. Like she was, she didn't want to say this. So obviously this is part <laughs> of... Forced to be friendly. Exactly. Um, but I immediately switched to... German, which I could tell was a good thing because uh, she was more relaxed and I think was more res- uh, respected me more, you know, cool. but still. So everybody who's moving to Germany soon, things are still not good there. It's still very stressful, but uh, they're make they're slowly making it a little bit more friendly. You know, uh, it's like an A for effort type situation. Like exactly. They're, 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 they're trying. I not guess. quite there, but they're on the way. Yeah. So enjoy. Cool. And how about you? Um, yeah, I'm hot. I'm very hot. Aren't we all? Yeah, it, it's just, it's unbelievably hot here. The heat wave keeps rolling on. Huh? Oh my God, I can't, like, I really just don't like summer. It's too hot. But we talked about that before. Uh, besides that, I'm doing all right. Um, what's interesting, I have a few updates. Like, I'm, yeah, nothing's much changed with me, but a few interesting updates about uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. One is serious. The other one is more serious. Ooh. The serious one is that Germany is now offering free Corona tests at uh, airports. At the both at both airports for those arriving well, from all, all per- airports Germany wide. Oh, sorry, Germany wide. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, for all of those arriving uh, from hot from hotspot countries. Uh, so that's that's pretty nice. Um, and that, of course, includes the U.S. and um, right. And by offered, it, it's it's required. required. They're yeah. making you do a test. So I think that's good in terms of trying to stop this thing because everyone's talking about a second wave. When you look at the graph, like the Corona graph in Germany, it's you can see it's getting the new cases are getting higher and higher again. Not anywhere where it's you know getting too scary but i'm hoping that you know they'll be able to calm it down again because we don't want to be we don't want to be in um, lockdown again no 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 and I, I, we're not quite we're not there yet i don't think but th- things no. have just slowly been going up exactly yeah. but but it is nice because uh before the tests were i forget 100 something euro but now they're free right um and it it's an, it's a substitute for having to do a tweak quarantine which is nice so if say you were to go visit the states you before you'd have to do two weeks quarantine when you came back now they're saying hey just let us, let us give you a quick swab within 24 hours we'll have the results and you'll be cleared if, if you have no corona then you're fine right which is nice so, yeah that, that's super nice and the more serious news is Ooh. that a um a boar recently in germany in a, berlin actually a wild boar a wild boar uh-huh. stole a naked man's laptop <laughs> yeah. oh i think i heard about that yeah yeah, yeah. so he he was uh you know chilling at a at a lake i think it was teufelsee mm-hmm. he was chilling at a lake uh in a fkk as we explain other times it's like a um nudist a, area. a nudist area right and the boar took his yellow bag with lap with his laptop in it and the old man chased him down, ass naked. Yeah. And he got his laptop back. Nice. And there's photos online. The photographer asked the guy to publish them. He's like, yeah, no worries. All good. Um, so, yeah. I, lots of respect. He ran down a boar and actually got his stuff back. He ran down a boar naked, naked. Got his laptop no back. No shoes. Nothing. And, like, they always tell you to stay away from the boars because they're dangerous. But uh, that guy's a badass. Two thumbs up to that guy. I mean, he's a better man than me, for sure. Way to go, naked guy. Right on. Yes. And uh, today, since... This is a sp- kind of a special episode because we finally did our long-awaited tour of the Spreewood Distillery. Right, which we delayed a few times, so we finally did it. Yeah. Very exciting to go. Yeah, and it, so it just makes sense that today our whiskey is a Stork whiskey by the right. Spreewood Distillery. And this is not one that we tasted on the tour, so this is... Brand new. Brand new. Yeah, so we had Stork, I think. We had the Stork uh, Rye, I think, in episode five or six, something like that. Yeah, uh, but by chance I just found it in the shop, and then we we loved it. We gave it a nine out of ten, I believe. I think so. And so this is the Stork uh, single malt. Ooh, and it is forty three percent fermented, distilled, and aged in Germany. Ooh, give us give us uh, a little story on the back. You want to read the story in the best? Back? Uh, just give us a little little glimpse into what it says. Stork Club single malt whiskey is distilled in small batches from German barley malt and ages in hand-picked oak barrels in the unique microclimate of the Spree Forest, merely 60 kilometers south of Berlin. Ooh. 
Its distinctive character is defined through the use of wine oaks in the aging process. And we saw some of these oaks. We'll talk about it in a bit. And then it says uh, grain, malted, German barley, casks, ex-bourbon, ex-sherry, and ex-wine. And uh, taste profile is crisp and fresh, honey, dried fruits, one for every day. Mm. It's a, nice. it's a very light color. It's a very light very yellow. Light. It almost looks like a white wine in, in, in terms of color it profile. Like it looks exactly like a white wine. Um, and uh, just so everyone knows, you should check out their bottles. I think the design, it's its very modern, but not in an annoying way. I really love their, I love their bottle designs. Yeah. They have a beautiful logo with a, with a gold stork. Um, it's its its really nice. But yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, and I want to make it very clear that... Uh, the uh, distillery and Stork did not sponsor this episode. We're no, not, no, no. We're not, you know, um, talking good about it because you know, they're paying us. We're doing this because we went there out of curiosity. No, and... not really curiosity. It was like we, we we love we had their whiskey randomly. We loved it, and we right. said we need to go to this distillery. Uh, so yeah, exactly. We're not getting paid to say any of this. This is, exactly. This is just because we actually we do like what they do. This is straight from our hearts. Yeah. So let's get that uh, a pop. I was like the top too. It's like a metal top cork. It's mm. like. I don't know, copper or something. I don't know, it's cool. Ooh, nice. Nice. Gulp, 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 gulp. I like the glugs. Mm. Get a, a smell here. Hmm. Hmm. Lemony? Hmm? Or? Can't try this. Oh, sorry. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Jesus. Oh. Right. Wow. Mm. Crispy. It's very smooth, actually. It is very smooth. Ooh, ooh, actually, yeah. And the burn's coming very late. Mm -hmm. Yep. There it is. Like, like at first, you feel like there's no burn, but then it, now it's coming, and now it's growing. Yeah. I like that. And it's said on the bottle, crisp and fresh. And, and my first sip, I'm definitely getting the crispiness. And it, it is, it, it's not, it's not um, some whiskey I don't like drinking in the summer. I feel like it's too much of a. It's this, just too much. Yeah, this is very. I think light and not in a bad way. I mean, but in a, yeah. in a you could have it in the heat, which it is right now. It is hot. Hmm. Cool. That's good. <coughs> and now, <laughs> before we get started, uh, as always, please, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a five star review or any review you want to give us. We'll appreciate any review. We appreciate all the reviews. We appreciate you listening. Um, so yeah, do that, please. And you know, if you feel so, send us uh, topic ideas. Uh, just tell us about uh, the pain in the ass you had uh, getting your visa. You know, anything uh, expat related and Germ yeah. Germany related. We're here to answer your questions. Would, we respond to mo like all the messages that we get. Uh, we appreciate them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then also check out our website agdwpodcast.com. A lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, hit up that extras page, baby. Extras page. Jeff Jeff loves the extra pages. He works hard on that. So we have all the, all the episodes are on there. All of our whiskeys and the reviews are up on there. Uh, little extras are on there. Um, yeah, and, and it looks pretty. Yeah. So if you're a fan of the of the website, it's just a way to expand your happiness because there is just a lot of extra content that you will not find on Facebook or uh, anywhere else. Yeah, I feel like if it was the 2000s, we'd say it's your portal to everything AGDW. I mean, it's still your portal. Yeah, we won't say that anymore. No, but we can bring it, we can bring it back. It's your portal to everything Americans in Germany drinking You've heard it here first. It heard is it your here portal. First. <laughs> now, it actually makes a lot of sense. We are drinking a German whiskey. Yep. Because today we're talking about German whiskey, the German whiskey industry, which a lot of you probably didn't know even existed. I mean, I didn't. And, and fair enough, yeah. because we didn't either until um, we started this podcast. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, maybe a few months Episode ago. Episode five or six, we, we, we found out when we bought our first stork. And we've had a few other German whiskeys since then. Um, because, yeah. you know, Germany obviously is known worldwide for its beer. I mean, when you think of Germany, you think of what beer and sausages. Yeah. And in a smaller way, uh, by, uh, I don't know, what you call them, uh, liquor connoisseurs, uh, yeah. they know it also for its schnapps and its wine, because it does have a huge wine uh, region. True. It's, it's getting, yeah, it's definitely getting more well known for its wine in, in the re more recent years. Yeah, but in a smaller way, but slightly growing. It's now whiskey. it's now known for uh, its whiskey, believe it or not. Um, and this whiskey industry in Germany has been uh, building slowly over the past thirty years, and it is kind of finally getting you know getting out there. And yeah, it's getting to its own little spot. I think I don't think anyone's ever gonna say like, 
oh, you have an Irish, you have a Scotch, and you have a German. I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, no, no. But but it, it's 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 becoming a a presence, you know. Right. Which, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and actually, believe it or not, this is a fact that I did not believe when I read it, but I guess it's true that Germany has more active distilleries than in Scotland. So there's roughly uh, 250 distilleries officially recognized by the German government. Um, yeah, I also uh, was questioning that number, yeah. but, but uh, we researched it. And also while we were at the Stork Distillery, uh, the co-founder, Bastian, confirmed that it, that is a true fact. There, right. are, there are more distilleries than in Scotland. But they're not, you know, they're not big. A lot of them are really small, producing, you know, only a few hundred bottles uh, a year. So they're very small, like, kind of like the equivalent of like a microbrewery, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, but these aren't people, you know, making whiskey in their basement for themselves. Like, there's, there's you know, you, yeah. there's still official distilleries, you know, maybe just producing some really small batches. Yeah, they're full-on companies, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and then there's one like um, Slurs, oh, which is uh, one of the bigger German whiskeys. Right. We we had yeah we had that one um, a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and they produce uh, like more than 150,000 bottles of whiskey uh, per year. Oh wow! So that really does show that that the German whiskey industry is probably spreading through Europe because that's 150,000 bottles. That's quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's mostly Europe. That's why I think people in the states or um, or in South America or in Africa, probably have not heard of German whiskey as much. Right. Yeah, we did. I, we did read that 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 a lot of these distilleries mostly sell nationally in Germany and to a few neighboring countries in Europe, but yeah. but, but they're not selling. Most of them aren't selling to the U.S. They're not selling to Asia, and and that's why. Yeah, they're, they're yeah they're just not heard of here. I mean, heard of when when we asked Bastian at Stork whether they're going to go to the American market, because I figured they have a rye. You know, that's what they they like doing. They make like rye. They they like making rye. Um, he said it's really difficult because every state has their own alcohol laws. Okay. And it's just like really hard to distribute over in the states. Hopefully, uh, the Americans listening here will be able to get stored there because it's. I think it's really worth it to buy. Yeah, and but, he, he um, said that they did prepare their bottle with everything in German and English right. for the eventual... International... Yeah, ex- exportation to uh, to uh, English-speaking countries. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, m- most German whiskeys, and a little, another little uh, fact, take their inspirations from Irish and Scotch whiskey. Like, not a huge surprise. Yeah, from what we've tasted so far, most of them really seem, and I, I don't mean this to, to be in a negative way, or they're kind of uh, Scot- Scottish, Scotch clones, you know what I right. mean? Like, like, basically, they're just trying to be Scotch, they're trying to be Irish whiskeys. They're not really, a lot of the German whiskey distilleries, uh, while making good stuff, they're not trying to do their own thing you know like they're just really trying to to match the some of the famous uh you know sc- uh, producers of scotch and producers right. of, of irish whiskey like this one i would say is more similar to uh to an irish whiskey for sure yeah but in a way it's kind of this one kind of it's not a bit sweeter yeah a bit sweeter like yeah. it's, it's 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 got its own thing a little bit uh the the the, the single malt that we're drinking right now yeah um and yeah and and one thing else we found in our research is that a lot of the major? I'm not gonna say a lot, but but you know, more than you'd think of the major distilleries in the U.S. were actually founded by German immigrants. You know, like uh, for example, the the Jim Beam, the Jim Beam family were German immigrants. You know Crazy. I mean? So um, so Germans, in a way, have been putting their kind of fingerprint on whiskey and American whiskey specifically uh, for for quite a while. Um, so. Um, and also, with another connection to the states, is that a lot of American distilleries use uh, barley and rye, right, grown in Germany, right? Which we learned on that on that tour, yeah. which is it was super interesting. So um, I can't remember the I can't remember the distillery. There's one major big rye distiller in the states or uh, bourbon. Can't remember rye, and they um, yeah they got. Might they, have been wild turkey or wild, yeah, wild turkey. maybe it was, it. Wild turkey? it was yeah. wild turkey. It was wild turkey. Wild turkey actually gets their rye from Germany, from Brandenburg, or right around yeah, Berlin, from where we are and from where the Stork Distillery physically right. sits. Yeah, he said there's like a rye belt that goes from like France through Germany, and I guess because the American rye is a lot of it is like grown for cattle. Mm. It's like super high quality. Yeah, it's pretty low quality. And the rye here is really high quality. So a lot of American distillers actually ship, import their rye from Germany or from France maybe, 
and make their whiskey with that, which is really cool. Right, yeah, and, and, he, and he mentioned uh, part of the reason they grow a lot of rye around here is uh, the soil is very sandy. You know, Berlin is a, right. a old marsh, um, and so since the, the, the earth is so sandy, it's too low quality to grow something temperamental, and but rye is not temperamental and will grow anywhere. Yeah. So the farmers just said, "Eh, we can don't really the, one of the few things we can grow here is rye." Exactly. And it, it grows really well here, um, and it's become now uh, world famous in the international whiskey distillery as the place to get good quality uh, rye, and also the um, uh, barley in the in the in the southern regions in Bavaria is also widely used as well by um, by Irish and, and Scottish uh, distilleries. It's it's really nutty because I think when I think of whiskey, I think of uh, very like maybe, you know, in their own little bubble of like, you know, the Scotch and the Irish and the American, but it actually is also super international in terms of what they're trading for. You know, there's a whole thing in there. And I guess I, that's what we were trying to get with like doing the whiskey with the expat kind of thing. We realized there's a lot of connections between the States and in Germany when it comes to whiskey. And that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and, we're, and, we're, and we found out a lot of that as the podcast grows. Exactly. Uh, so we're learning these connections that we didn't know about before. Um, and, and just to give you some examples of maybe, I don't want to say the, the big five or whatever, but like the, more, some of the more popular yeah, stories if, in if, Germany. If you're interested in, uh, in getting right. some German whiskey. There's slurs. There's the um, Elch whiskey. There's um, the Wein Kellerai, uh, Steinhauser. And there's also St. Killian distillers. There's actually a lot of German whiskey distilleries that have very Scottish names. Uh, Scottish artist names, And yeah. you wouldn't know that they were actually produced in, in Germany. And then, of course, one of the big heavyweights now is the Spreewood Distillery. That's it. Yeah. Um, should we do a quick rundown of facts before we talk about our tour? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, so, so one quick fact is that now some, you know, uh, ooh, what would you call them in a nice way? Uh, some people that are very uh, ooh, what are you, specific in terms of their whiskey spellings, because depending yeah. depending on where whiskey comes from, uh, whiskey is supposed to have an E-Y or just a Y at the end. Right. Some people take this very seriously. We, 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 we've gotten some flack here and there about it. Yeah. Um, uh, German whiskey actually has no standardized spelling. So... Uh, some distilleries from Germany spell it with EY, some with Y, and a lot of times I notice it depends what kind of uh, whiskey they're trying to mimic. So the whisk, if they're mim cool. mimicking a Scotch, usually they use just a Y at the end. Uh, so the the store killer drink right now has no E. It's W H I S K Y. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it just probably because it's being an Irish, and Irish is with a Y. But they have a lot of rye whiskey, which is American, which would be EY, but they still use the, you know. Well, maybe, maybe I'll check the bottle for the rye. Maybe the rye is EY. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. But again, there's no standardized way, so they technically don't have to spell it anyway. Right. Which is very not German of them. Yeah. So I dig it. Uh, another fun fact is that whiskey needs to be aged in a barrel at a minimum of three years in order in order for it to be called a whiskey. In the States, it can be, you can take it out. Oh, you, mean, you mean just in Germany? Just yeah. in Germany, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. In Germany. In the States, for example, it can be in a barrel for one year, two years, and you can still call it a whiskey. Oh, no, he said it had to be called a white whiskey at that point. Or like, white whiskey. Like, like a moonshine kind of a thing. But here, if you take it out before that, it's called like a corn or something like that. It's not whiskey. It's something right. else. Yeah. So that's kind of like uh, also very German. Yeah. And every year, and this is so crazy, we did not know this, uh, really? yeah. and we feel kind of stupid because it happened recently. Yeah. Every year, there is a Tag des Deutschen Whiskies, so which means- Day of German whiskey. Yeah. Um, on the last Saturday of every June of every year, uh, it's a holiday that's celebrated and- we feel very stupid for not two months ago we could have we could have had so much more whiskey <sighs> damn Jeff so but anyways let's talk about our epic journey to get to <laughs> the Freewood Distillery it was this past Saturday a journey so should we tell yeah I'll just start from the beginning of yeah. the day yeah so to do the tour you need to have five people with you mm -hmm. and so Jeff and I invited three of our buddies and we're like let's meet at 11 11 30 to get the 12 o'clock train to get to where we need to go right and we felt 20 30 minutes Perfect. Get the tickets. Before the train. Yeah, I got plenty of time. Unfortunately for us, it was a Saturday when it was 30 degrees outside, 33 degrees outside. So what's like 90 something yeah. in Fahrenheit. Um, and this train also goes in, into the direction of really popular lakes around the city. Yes. So the first train comes. Oh, we'll mention that we're all bringing our bikes. Oh, yeah. We all have our bikes with us because yeah. after you get to where we have to go, you have to ride your bike for another 45 minutes. Right. There's no direct connection to the Spreewood Distillery. Exactly. So the first train comes and um, 
we see a bunch of people with their bikes getting in and the, the train conductor actually comes out of his window and he says to us, he's like, there's no way you're getting in this train. It's not happening. And keep in mind, we've both lived in Germany quite a long time and I've taken my bike on a lot of day trips via the train. Always. I've never had the time where before I even got on the train, the Deutsche Bahn employee said, we're full. It ain't happening, buddy. Yeah, it ain't happening. <laughs> and we just, and I remember the, tr the tr train rolled away and we looked at each other like, wait, but we have, we have this tour booked. We have an interview booked. Uh, wait, we, we had wait we had we had to have been on that train. Yeah. Um. But we were lucky, and there was I looked, and there was another train in seven minutes. Yes. From an upper platform, and so we're all rushing, trying to carry our bikes up these stairs, right? And uh, we, we actually up, went the wrong way at first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so <laughs> we ran up the stairs. We had to run back down. Ran back up. And keep in mind, again, for viewers from America, it's like 95 degrees, and we're running around holding bikes. Okay. So we're sweating like. Uh, bastards and we get upstairs and the train's already there and there's about five doors that will accept bikes and remember there was a line of about 10 15 yeah. people on each door not not getting in and we just went oh god we're not gonna get on this one either. either yeah so then jeff looked at me and he's like what do we do and i was like let's just go to the park have a few beers and have a you know a nice day by the lake and then jeff looked again and he found one more train that was an, about an hour later -ish. yeah and he's like, if we take this train and ride our bikes really fast, we can get there in time for our tour. And by in time, I mean like 10 minutes late, but exactly. almost on time. Almost on time. And so that train, we, we wait, uh, the train finally comes and we actually line up. We knew where the train, where the doors were for the bikes. Because we had, we, we, because we saw the train from before that we failed to get on. So we knew, okay, this spot is where the wagon with the, or the, the bicycle wagon was gonna stop. Right. So we're gonna just be here and blocking the doors so we get on. <laughs> so we line up the five of us with our bikes and we look like we're about to start a race from the Fast and the Furious. Um, like I was about to Vin Diesel onto that train <laughs> and a train comes and we did Vin Diesel onto that train. So we, we finally got on and then, um, yeah, it was about a half hour ride. And it was it was packed. This, it this was, was packed. This was there was no sitting. It was it was you were standing and I was standing imprisoned by like ten bikes uh, in this hot car. But yeah, it was about half an hour to get there. About half an hour. And by um, there, I mean a station in as middle of the nowhere as you could possibly imagine. And by station, I mean like a patch of a asphalt. Platform. Yeah, yeah, a platform with nothing, just trees. It was a beautiful area. Yeah. Uh, but then we knew okay, we have to hustle to get to this. Uh, and and also we did. Uh, the ride was through the woods. It was a beautiful ride. Yeah, there's actually a proper, very path. smooth, uh, paved bike path with, with woods on either side of you. This little five-foot-wide bike path. Really, really pretty area. And, and, and in any other circumstance, it would have been a nice ride. But again, it was 33, 34. And it, or actually, no, that day was 36. Sorry. Yeah, it was 36. Hot. So high 90s and high 90s and we're hustling. So, you know, it was like... Every few seconds, you'd sort of enjoy it, and then you're like, "Oh God, I'm dying." And the uh, the ride was longer than we thought it was, but anyways, we finally get there, and right when we walk in, the guy at the reception's like, "Do you guys need water? Are you okay?" <laughs> because Actually, we, we the, looked the, awful. the first thing he said is first he said, "Oh, may I help you?" And then he looked up at all of us, and he literally said, "You guys are very sweaty." <laughs> He has me water and he's like, you see that door over there? It says no entrance. You can go in there and you can cool down in there. I don't know what was in there, but he said you can go cool down in there because he saw we were just like drenched in sweat, looked like garbage. My hair looked was like my death. Yeah, yeah, we looked awful. But and, and, and sorry, we need to paint this picture. The the village's place was in that we arrived at called Schlepzig. Again, in any other situation, if you weren't in a hurry, was this place was absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, with a, with a little river going right behind the distillery, people and, kayaking. Yeah, it was a really pretty. It, honest, it looked like a fairy tale. Yeah, it, it was beautiful. I mean, great place to visit. We yeah. were just stressed out because we were trying to get to this uh, tour on time, and at this point, we were. Ooh, I, I hate to say it, but it was like we were twenty or thirty minutes late. Oh, yeah, but, but we were pushing as hard as we could. But Bastion was super cool, super understanding. Um, yeah, our interview was with, with, with Bastian, Bastian yeah. Heuser, who is one of the three co-founders of the Spiewood Distillers. Right. So we get there, we did our tour, um, and it was it was incredible. It was so detailed. I had no idea how difficult it is to make a whiskey. Mm. And on, I even asked Bastian, I asked him, like, why do you do this? This looks so <laughs> annoyingly complicated to do. But um, he said he loves it, and he makes delicious stuff. So I get it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I can't remember the exact quote, but he said it's a pain in the ass, but he wouldn't rather be doing anything else. Exactly. You know? um, but but I, I love it because I, I, I already had respect for whiskey before, but I have so much more respect for it now. Just 
every bit of the process is years in the making. It's not months, it's years. It's a lot of dedication. You know, he mentioned, uh, he's like, okay, we use these oak barrels. And for the oak barrels, you have to wait 90 years for the tree to fully grow. Then you cut down that tree and from one oak tree, you yeah. get three, three whiskey barrels. Then the wood for that whiskey barrel has to dry for two years. And then you can use it as a whiskey barrel. And then of course you put the whiskey in and now you're waiting 10 years, 15 years, depending on what variant you're making. And in the middle, and, and in the middle of the process of making the whiskey, you can taste it before you put it in the barrel. And you have to say to yourself, does this taste okay enough for me to wait 10 years and make sure if it's good or not? And that's crazy. Yeah, and it was beautiful. He, he was he was taking a little plunger and putting them in the different barrels and letting us taste. Like, okay, here's a 10-year, but after only two years. And, yeah. and, and can you taste where that's going? And and, he, and we were tasting a lot of great... And he's like, oh, this is a new uh, smoky rye that hasn't been released yet. Take a little taste. Uh, so it was really nice and told us a lot about the, the whole process. Um, and it was a... It was a, a beautiful building, right? I mean, it was, oh my gosh, yeah. It, they were actually setting up for a wedding at the time. Um, I went back to my girlfriend. I was like, "If we're ever getting married, we're getting married there." It was a beautiful venue, <laughs> yeah. actually. Like it was, it was really nice. It's like this big, yeah. this big courtyard. Um, but all, all these old brick farm buildings. You yeah, know? I guess he said it wasn't that old, but they made it look. Well, old. He, he said like two of the buildings were old uh, pig buildings, but the rest, right. the rest were meant to just kind of match that look. Exactly, so it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. it was unbelievably like we had no idea it was going to be this pretty we just thought like distillery whatever but it was actually like a, a whole experience getting there and as opposed to like other tours where they give you like a glass of tasting he just kind of sat us at a table put a few bottles down gave us some glasses and said like taste what you'd like Enjoy. right and if if that was just for us i don't want anyone to think that they're gonna have that exact same situation oh, yeah so uh but but uh no, we're just trying to say he was he was very nice very kind very to nice. us and um, uh, yeah, and we tried when we were there. The we'd had the straight rye, and there we tried what, the, what they call the foolproof rye, which is a different rye variant, yeah. which was delicious, unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we tried to get a bottle um, uh, here, but they were, they were sold out at the distillery gift shop there. So, right. and and they were closing up because an actual wedding was starting in yeah. the courtyard. So <laughs> the second <laughs> of this wedding, we're walking around looking like absolute death. Um, so I feel bad if anyone was like getting excited for the wedding, looking up at us and be like, they're disgusting. Yeah. But, um, eh. okay. You know, uh, I think this is the perfect time. Let's, let's talk to Bastian and have him tell us a little bit about German whiskey and, uh, let's get into and it. Stork. Yeah. We are currently in the village of Schleipzig at the Spreewood Distillery, which in addition to the multi-award winning Stork Club whiskey, the Spreewood Distillers also produce Humboldt gin, as well as a small selection of other liquors and spirits. Here with us today is Bastian Heuser, one of the three co-founders of Spreewood Distillers. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Why did you decide to focus on specifically rye whiskey and what inspired your style of rye? First of all, I have to say we are not the first ones to distill rye in, in um, distill rye whiskey in Germany, okay. um, but we are the only and the first distillery to completely focus on this sort of grain, just to be precise. Why rye um, is a good question. Um, <laughs> it actually uh, wasn't something we decided on uh, right away when we took over the distillery, um, but uh, it, it actually came step by step that we said, okay, we have to focus uh, on this type of grain. When uh, we took over the distillery, we uh, researched a lot about uh, grains in the surrounding area uh, of Brandenburg and um, found out that um, rye uh, was grown here for uh, hundreds and hundreds of years and used to be the predominant grain in mm. the region. Mm -hmm. It is uh, still Europe's biggest growing region for rye in uh, uh, Brandenburg. So uh, we said, okay, at least we, ha we have something here. And uh, we, when we further researched, um, that the quality must be good as well because American distilleries uh, actually buy rye in Brandenburg uh, such uh, distilleries as uh, Wild Turkey for example we said okay there, there must be something then when we talked to farmers uh, and, and found out more about the grain itself here it's basically it's grown um, because the ground in Brandenburg is very sandy mm. and rye doesn't need a lot of water uh, okay. and also can can get away with uh, colder climates as well. Um, mm -hmm. 
Further research showed uh, that we'd be only one of five distilleries in, uh, in the whole of Europe to actually focus on, on rye whiskey. Wow. Um, in comparison to, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of distilleries uh, actually producing whiskey from barley malt. And that basically uh, actually yeah, ticked all the boxes with us. Um, so having a niche in the industry and uh, something that grows around here, that's why we focus on rye. Yeah, makes sense. Now, were there any specific American distilleries that inspire to you or that you looked to for kind of lessons in how and how to do things correctly? Yes, of course, if you talk about rye whiskey, yes, the Germans have hundreds or thousand years of uh, history of distilling rye as a grain, but we never put it in barrels. Uh, mm. So we always drunk it uh, uh, straight off the still, basically, as a cor <laughs> sure. corn. Um, uh, so we always uh, looked into uh, the US and US distilling industry or craft distilling industry. And um, definitely one that we always looked at uh, was Koval. Um, Mr. Birnecker, uh, we actually got in touch with and exchanged. Um, he is an Austrian uh, and he founded uh, Koval Distillery in Chicago with his wife. Um, oh, very cool. So uh, he does talk German uh, very good. So it, they were always uh, someone to look up to because we really like their style and uh, basically everything they do um, was really cool. That definitely is something we we'll always look to. Mm. So you had to travel uh, to the States at all? You are three owners? Yes, of course. We've, we've traveled to the US, all, all three of us, but actually we've never seen Koval yet. So uh, okay. we, we haven't made it uh, to Chicago. We, we were too busy in Schleipzig um, <laughs> distilling rye whiskey so far. So. And how's the, um, and your visits to the States, how, how were they? I still really want to go to um, the Bourbon Trail and uh, see some distilleries uh, there. Yeah, um, me as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I haven't made it uh, there yet. But actually, uh, when I was uh, 16 years old, I uh, went to um, the U.S. for a for a whole year. Uh, went to Oregon and uh, was exchange student. Um, oh, which which city? Um, actually, a very small village uh, next to Hermiston. It is about 30 minutes away from Pendleton, and Pendleton was the bigger bigger city. Uh, okay, oh. yeah, I have family that lives in Portland, so I've okay. spent a yeah. lot of time in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I I I so. I I, I uh, saw Portland. Yeah, really enjoyed my time there. Did you did you find it to be such a different experience going to school in a U.S. state rather than back in Germany? Yeah, yeah of course. It's yeah. it was like uh, totally different. Yeah. Um, uh, I was very proud to be. Um, uh, the best in my class in American history, which kind of... Uh, <laughs> That's ironic. Uh, uh, yeah, that is... That, uh, yeah, very ironic. <laughs> yeah, a little sad. Now, um, yes, uh, true. Now, during the tour, you mentioned, I think, that uh, um, a master distiller from the States came and worked with you guys for a few months? Um, actually, a brewmaster. Oh, brewmaster, um, okay. Yeah, a brewmaster, uh, R Richie Hodges, if you hear that, um, still love you. Um <laughs> Richie um, is, uh, if I recall it right, from Arizona, uh, but uh, he came over to Germany to um, uh, to make his brewmaster in in German mm -hmm. uh, in Germany, um, and uh, he worked here for craft brewers um, in Germany. For example, um, if you're maybe familiar with Berliner Berg, uh, he made his those recipes sure. uh, oh, yeah, okay. at the yeah. distillery. And he came to work with us to work on our recipes as well. Um, and um, he just moved to Belgium um, to uh, for work now. Um, so, but we're still in, in touch with him. Okay. And what was that relationship? What was his kind of main contribution to to the flavor of the eventual Stork whiskey? So, um, uh, when uh, we took over the distillery, we wanted to to develop uh, new recipes based on rye um, and we didn't we are um, self-taught so we didn't uh, learn distilling we didn't learn brewing <laughs> um, and we had to teach everything ourselves and we yeah, always oh wow. took in uh, people who were experts in a certain field uh, so Richie really showed us um, how to mesh and ferment um, our rye, um, what the impact of yeast uh, has on, uh, in terms of flavor on our um, 
uh, new makes. Uh, he also showed us how much cleaning uh, is involved in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in 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 brewing or in in, in mashing and fermentation. Um, and uh, so that basically was his part. Uh, so mashing, fermenting yeasts, uh, etc. Uh, that was where he was really really helping us. Oh, and, great! And that, that's pretty nutty. After uh, after doing a tour and seeing the whole process of how a whiskey is made, I was actually. I knew whiskey was difficult. I didn't know it was so but there's, involved. It's years and decades yeah. involved to get a bottle of whiskey rather than months. And, 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 yeah, and hearing that you weren't even like a, you didn't know. So you, you, know, you yeah. figured it out by yourself. That's really impressive. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a lot of uh, trial and error. I, I believe it, yeah. <laughs> Frustrating at times? Um, certainly. Still is uh, <laughs> at sometimes frustrating. Um, but... Uh, but I wouldn't uh, change it for anything in the world. Nice. Stork being a American-style rye whiskey, what's your overall like customer base? Um, when we started uh, out, we, we have lots of, through our previous lives, uh, we had lots of contacts into bars and hospitality. So it was um, clear for us to focus on that. Um, mm -hmm. So we wanted to uh, reach consumers through bartenders, uh, through people who can explain what we are and what we do. And uh, that's, a, that's a big base for us. Uh, but also in the distillery itself uh, or, or here in our village we get about 40,000 visitors uh, in the summertime so um, we do lots of explaining and uh, talking about our products uh, in the distillery in our distillery shop as well um, direct and to consumer do a lot of people that uh, visit here are most of them German or international most are German yeah. um, most people are here for a weekend or day trip from Berlin mm -hmm. Dresden Leipzig Cottbus you do get some uh, visit foreign visitors um, but it's it's not so many okay mm. and what are your thoughts about the German whiskey production in yeah. in general do you think at some point it'll, it'll be able to set itself aside from Scottish and Irish whiskeys and create its own identity. You know what I mean? It's own thing. Yeah. Right. Because, because a lot of German whiskeys are kind of really inspired by, by, uh, you know, what's happening in Scotland, you know, so that, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I think like 30 years ago when, uh, the first distillers here in Germany started to, um, lay down new make, uh, for whiskey. I think they always looked at Scotland. Um, mm -hmm. barley malt is typical. It's, it's the basis for beer. Uh, beer is German. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and so of course there's, there's, there is a similarity. And if you want to differentiate uh, yourself, you probably have to, think of other other things i'm always uh, having a hard time to say there's going to be a german style whiskey um that you can uh, kind of focus on mm. i think that's the same with australian whiskey yes probably will all australian whiskies will have some wine barrels in their barrel management mm -hmm. um because it's a wine country but we could do that as well we we do riesling um and quite famous for yeah it's I, I'm yeah. I, I I think German whiskey. I think there's there's not going to be such a thing. I think there's going to be different uh, distillery types of whiskey. But I'm I'm having a hard time to say. Okay, that's German. Style. Okay, so yeah. you think there'll be a few standout distilleries, yes. but not necessarily German whiskey yes. as a that's, as a whole. That's what I think. I think that's what world whiskey is all about. Um, it's different uh, distillery styles that you will have. So yeah, m much more uh, specific focus on more distillery rather than the country as a whole. Yes, m more more in terms of local uh, specialties or yeah. like local grains and local other associations uh, that you can grasp. Okay, and I got a which maybe is a hard question. What what would you <laughs> say is your top two or three favorite whiskeys other than? The stork whiskey. <laughs> in, in, if, if you could just only have three bottles in your, in your rest of your life. Okay, yeah. three three bottles. Rest yeah. of my life. Um, definitely Glenmorangie Signet. Uh, I don't know if you uh, yeah. are familiar with that. Yeah, um, one of my favorites. It uh, has chocolate roasted barley malt uh, in its mesh bill, um, and it's got such a lovely chocolatey flavor. So that would definitely be a bottle um, that I'd have. Um, I would definitely have um, a bottle of Sazerac, Sazerac rye um, whiskey um, 
which, oh, which I, I haven't tried. Actually, I, uh, I don't know that one either. Oh, yeah. you, you you got to okay. Um, definitely that, my, my, my now it's recorded, so remember it. You know, yeah. <laughs> my, my my go-to rye, um, uh, lovely stuff. And then the third, uh, it's gonna be probably a bottle of uh, Irish whiskey, uh, quite possibly uh, a teeling teeling ah, whiskey. Ah, we reviewed that a few weeks ago, actually. Yeah. 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 I, I really like uh, what they do. I've been to the distillery. I really like the guys um, doing a great job. And yeah, that's that's bottle number three then. Okay. You're, so we drink whiskey. We like whiskey a lot. But I don't really know the ins and outs of how it's made. Well, now I do have to mm-hmm. tour. Uh, so when you drink a bottle of whiskey, do you focus on a lot of like how it was made or just like if a flavor is good, I'm drinking it? I'm one, you know, what I like is, is good. Um, yeah. If, yeah. If, it, if it tastes good, it's good. If it um, tastes good, it's good. Yeah. I don't really, I'm, I'm, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who can, can't really enjoy a glass of whiskey anymore because they, they are so focused about what it's about. And yeah. especially if you're from the industry, but I'm actually <laughs> quite easy with it. Um, That's good. Yeah. It's kind of like the, um, the craft beer people who, you know, yes. really focused on yeah, this one on craft hops. beer and they can't have anything else. It's not, you know, a bacon whatever when really if it's good it's good there shouldn't good, be any good. judgment if you like something then drink it that's, yeah. i think it's a good general rule for life yeah yeah and, <laughs> and uh, in, yeah. in in uh on hot days like these uh, a can of heineken is just fine you know yeah, it doesn't need absolutely. to be craft beer every exactly day. yeah you shouldn't have to hide behind the shed exactly. drinking it you know? <laughs> <laughs> telling people yeah. oh i just i had uh August, so, augustina or something for those yeah. who listen if you like to drink a bud light drink a bud light it's fine if yeah. you like it yeah. you like yeah. it yeah. and speaking of that what maybe one last question you mentioned the tour there's some new varieties of the stork whiskey coming out if you want to talk about those that are yes we just launched uh the world's first aperitif whiskey based aperitif um which is a blend of rosé wines and rye whiskey Um, we just tried that and it was really delicious yeah yeah, it it, it sounds fairly weird um (laughs) but once you had a a sip you you get the idea where we want to get to um it's just a different drink cause and drink moment um that you can get people into drinking a whiskey-based drink. And uh, yeah, that's, of course, something for the summer, um, fairly light with 18% ABV. And then for the winter time, we will be launching our first uh, smoky rye whiskey, a rye whiskey that is partially aged in uh, ex-Lafroic uh, barrels. So mm, yeah. um, lots of... Uh, Lots of Black Forest ham, lots of mm. uh, good smokiness. Yeah, we're, we're really excited for that. We were talking about that during the tour. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little uh, taste of it. A little taste of it in the, in the, in the uh, barrel. I mean, not of how it's going to be, but of yeah. where it's at currently. Yeah. 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 That sounds amazing. And it's really good. Those both are, we're both excited for both, for both of these. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for the, for the tour and showing us around. Really a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, it was a pleasure having you guys anytime. Great. Oh. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So yeah, there's the uh, there's the interview, and it was a really interesting conversation with him. And um, what what I actually really loved about it was that he actually you know was in the states and he studied in the states. Automatically within the interview, we had this whiskey expat kind of connection, which was yeah, yeah. He awesome. mentioned you mentioned when he was in high school, he lived in the states for a little bit. And actually, you hear you hear that a lot from a lot of Germans, like oh, I did it one year of high school here or there or or whatever. Yeah, and and he mentioned you know he he really wants to do a, you know a trip of the of the bourbon belt the whiskey belt in, yes in the u.s which honestly that's a trip i've never done and actually would sounds like a gr- would be a great time for sure yeah that, that just he just created a whole trip that is now on my top 10 of wanting to do yeah. some some point in the next 10 years kind of a list absolutely i mean he, he couldn't have been a nicer guy and and the fact that he gave us his time to do the interview while being super flexible because we were late and sweaty and stinky from what i saw from him and the distillery itself like i really love their attitude and their vibe you know they're 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 not whiskey snobs at all. Exactly. I mean, they've created a rye slash rosé, the wine yeah. mix, which sounds crazy. It's very tasty. It's only 18% alcohol. Something like that, yeah. If you drink our wine neat, great. If you drink it mixed with a, with a glass of ginger ale, cool. Like enjoy it how you want they're 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 very unsnobby about it there's like as long as you're enjoying it enjoy it don't, I, don't I, worry about it i love that attitude i love that attitude yeah. uh everyone and, should be like that yeah and they just make really tasty uh whiskey and and their, their rye uh you know 
easily battles against the best rye in America. Oh, you know? for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I, I want to thank Bastian one more time. So, if, Bastian, if you're listening, thank you again. We really appreciated that tour and the interview. It was, we had a great day. It was a great Saturday. And, and the best way to wrap it up would be, well, what do we think of, what are we drinking again? The Stork Single Malt? We're drinking, the, yeah, the Stork Single Malt Whiskey. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. It's, it's, it's very tasty. It's very smooth. Um, and it's sweet. And a bit fruity. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And I love I love the delayed the delayed burn. You know what I mean? Like you take a sip and you feel like, oh, that's all there is. Yeah. But then five seconds later, you feel it kind of coming in the back of your throat. Nice. Yeah, it's it's nice. But it's not too harsh either. It's like it's no. a perfect. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, it's it's a good kind of summer, summer whiskey. It's a good summer know? whiskey. Yeah. Um, so what are you thinking say, in terms of uh, just rating? I got to say, I do like the rye better because I just love rye. But I don't want well, to compare. We are a rye. We are rye let me say that again. We are a rye guy. We are a rye guy. Wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> it works. It's fine. No, we are rye guys. Sorry. We are a rye guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to compare it to that. Like, we decided we're not comparing things anymore, right? Which is hard. Which is know? hard. Yeah, because because this is this is something completely different. It's, it's different. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I think I think I go nine out of ten again. Really? Yeah. Like the other story. I really I'm really wow. enjoying it. I'd have to say an eight, eight, eight out of ten. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I mean, because again, I think because I am a rye guy, because and I gave mm. the rye that night. I, okay, but you're right. We have to separate these things. But um, I, I can solidly give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah, for, for what it is, which is like I, the thing is, I don't. It's hard. I don't know what it is. It's not. It's not. It's not Irish whiskey. It's just like it's their. It's the Stork single malt whiskey. That's just what it is. It is a German whiskey. It's in its own little class there. Yeah. yeah. And I and I really enjoy it. So I'll, I'll be drinking this uh, often. I'll mm. put it right next to my other stork bottle on my ever crowded shelf of whiskeys. I guess I should drink more of these. Actually, could I keep the the big one? Because you already have one, and they're really pretty. That's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, there it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, again, uh, subscribe. Uh, give us a five star review if you're so inclined. If you're inclined, send us a message. Send us a bottle of whiskey. You know, whatever, whatever <laughs> floats your boat. Whatever tickles your pickle, we'll take it. <laughs> That's good. Again, thank, thanks to Bastion. Uh, really appreciate the interview. Appreciate the tour. And we'll see, you won't be seeing anybody next stay, week. Stay, stay cold, guys. Stay yeah. cold. Stay thirsty. Stay well. Stay hydrated. Actually, let's change that to stay hydrated because there's a heat wave going on. Stay hydrated. Stay healthy. Stay thirsty. But Mwah. thirsty in terms of whiskey. Yeah. Kisses. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> you sure, you want the bottle? Yeah, it's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs>